Welcome in, Iowa Hawkeye fans, to another episode of the Hawkeye Tailgate Report. It's been a couple weeks now since we've done another episode. Uh, it's kind of been disappointing. Hawkeye basketball teams lost two in a row pretty miserably. Uh, the women's basketball team dropped a game. The wrestling team lost their first match of the year. On a bright note, the baseball team did win two of three against a ranked Oklahoma State team over this past weekend, so that's something to look at. But we also have controversies within the university, a whole lot of dog shit going on right now. Fellas, how you doing? Well, to say it's been kind of disappointing since our last um, meeting would be an understatement. I've, I've been living in a dreary black haze for the past couple of weeks with all these losses, so yeah, not good. I'm there with Joey, uh, on top of the basketball team, performing like a bunch of absolute schmucks. It's also been way too goddamn cold for March. It's like Polar Vortex 2.0. So, uh, yeah, everything that's been happening in the Hawkeye world, plus the weather, uh, and the fact that in a couple months I'll be graduating and no longer in college, just really all kind of teamed up to make this a pretty miserable last couple of weeks for me. <laughs> yeah, so obviously the Hawkeyes beat Indiana uh, thanks to Jordan Bohannon again going absolutely insane in the final five minutes of regulation and overtime. And then <clears throat> they just dropped two of the most miserable basketball games I've ever watched in my life. So they lost to Ohio State on the road, which I'm not overly mad about because they had a guy who averaged two points a game score 30 that night, which... That's very Iowa of it to happen against the Hawkeyes. Yeah. Freshman white guy, was it not? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was. There's a, there's a, the last that name. guy is that guy is high on my list of people to hate and root against next year. So oh, we, yeah. at least we got that out of that game. You know we yeah, that's won a note for sure. We got at least three more years of that kid. You can you know that. So that's really gonna suck. And then we played the worst basketball game I think I've ever seen an Iowa basketball team play as they lost a home game to Rutgers by, it was only 14 or 16, I think, but if we were down by 20 at one point, just we, miserable basketball. Yeah, we might yeah. as well lose that game by 35. Cause it was luckily, I, luckily, I had been heavily drinking bush lights for about five hours at that point, so I was really just kind of in and out of that game, and thank God, because yeah. I don't know how I could have handled that. I had... I had the extreme displeasure of having a, what, like a 16th row seat at that game. And it was just a big steaming pile of dog shit for an entire 40 minutes. It was indeed. We It, it seems like we've lost all ability to make jump shots over the last five, six games. <laughs> our offense yeah. is by far the big, like, if you would have told me that our offense is the reason we're losing these games, like, I, I would have yeah, ne never believed about it. that. Five weeks ago, we were having conversations when like Garza would go off or Moss would go off, and we we were saying, "Picture it when we can get Wieskamp, Garza, Bohannon, and Moss to all put a game together. How crazy that'd be!" Never happened. Yeah, and I don't really think it's going to based on what I've seen. It's actually the total opposite of that. Instead of all of them coming together and performing their best at the same time, they've all decided to perform at their absolute worst at the exact same time, and. We've known this all season long. I was a pretty bad defensive team. Sometimes they're even terrible, but they get away with it because they're one of the best offensive teams in the country. So, I mean, before this last stretch of just god-awful play, they were averaging like 81.6 points per game. So, I mean, if you're giving up 75 but scoring 81, you can win a bunch. But 
I think Helen Keller could make more three-pointers than this Iowa team has been in the last couple weeks. So when we have really bad offense, that shows up in our defense, which is already pretty terrible to begin with, and it's just all kind of mashed together to make Iowa a pretty terrible team to watch over the last couple of weeks. And, like, I, I just I have no reason why our offense is playing so bad. I mean, one thing that just really sticks out is how bad our passing is. Like, we are maybe the worst passing team I've ever seen play college basketball. We no, no. senseless turnovers, senseless turnovers. We like gonna, we show well, everything before we do it. I don't know. You know, I'm going to correct you on one thing about the passing. We are the best passing team to go from the top of the key over to the wing and then back again to pass anywhere besides just around the three point arc. We're terrible, but that we got that locked down because like that's 95 percent of our offense these days is just like Connor McCaffrey standing at the top of the key dribbling the ball for 20 of the 30 seconds of the shot clock, and then passing it back and forth along the three-point line and then uh, forcing up a contested jump shot that isn't even close. Yeah, I mean, it's been a miserable, miserable stretch for the basketball team. But one thing I will say, I do, for as bad as they have played over these last 10 games or whatever it's been, I still think if our offense can click, we could compete in the big 10 tournament i mean we're we're getting a first round bye that's a guarantee already but like if our offense i just i i don't offense just can't disappear like that well in in the in the big 10 tournament we are on the same side of the bracket as michigan and michigan state correct so even if we do win them yeah pretty sure i saw that well i saw that on saturday i don't know if that still stands true but even if we win a game, getting bounced by one of them for sure. So, I, yeah, I my uh, confidence level is pretty low currently because where, where's the number? What's the number? Yeah, we can do this now. We'll do the confidence or the panic button meter. Ten being most panicked. Ten being most concerned. Yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, like eight, probably. I have just, I mean, we have gone on a complete team-wide shooting slump, like pretty much since uh, we like just manhandled Michigan in Carver. The team has forgot to how to shoot a jump shot, and you know, this year everybody was, you know, we had like twenty wins or whatever, and it was early, and everybody's like, oh, this is the year that we don't have the Fran McCaffrey end of the season slump. Well, guess what? We've had that slump. We've just uh, gotten a couple miracle games out of it that we didn't take as losses. I mean, you take away Bohannon's buzzer beater against Northwestern to win and Wieskamp's miracle bank in the corner at Rutgers. So that'd be two losses. We had to take Indiana to overtime at home, and then we lost at home to Rutgers. I mean, let's be honest. We're slumping at the end of the season, just like we have for the last how many seasons under Fran McCaffrey. It's just we've it hasn't looked as bad because we've had two miracle wins sprinkled in with some of the terrible losses that we've had the last couple weeks. Counterpoint: We never win those buzzer beater games, and this year we got them to fall. So they're still wins. You can't take them away from us just because it took miracles. Yeah, they're still wins. Okay, yeah. A win is a win, but at this point in the season, you don't need to be down double digits in the second half at home and then have to rely on a miracle three-pointer to win. I mean, 
the way that you win also matters, and Iowa's been barely scraping by by the skin of their teeth. I mean, they're playing pretty much completely unmotivated, terrible basketball for the first 35 minutes of the game, and then for five minutes they decide to put it together and make a run. But that's not how you're going to win games, especially if we make it later into the Big Ten tournament or certainly into the NCAA tournament. You can't be trailing by double digits in the with ten minutes to go in the second half and expect to win many games. Yeah, uh, I and one other thing you, you mentioned Indiana. Indiana is still technically on the bubble, and like they're Lenardi's first four out right now somehow at fifteen and fourteen. So it's not like if they went out and win like two or three games in the Big Ten tournament, there's they're probably going to make the big dance. But uh, I. J- and, like, we almost beat Maryland, too, and Maryland is a very good team. I just don't know. This team is so goddamn confusing. I would just like to see some form of consistency other than getting down by 15 at home against a subpar team. Yeah, it's pretty irritating. Uh, I, don't, I don't even know. The thing that bothers me the most about how Iowa's been playing lately is, you know, if you lose a game because the other team just has, like, more talented players than you, like, I can live with that. That's just kind of the fact of the matter sometimes. The way that Iowa's been losing lately is that they're just showing up, and from the tip, they're not putting forth the amount of effort that they need to to win a basketball game. And at the Division One level, like, that's just not an acceptable reason to lose a basketball game. They're not coming out with the amount of intensity that they need. They're not playing with proper amount of passion. It just they seem like they're passive until they realize that, oh shit, I'm down 15 with four minutes to go, and then it lights a fire under their ass. And I think it's sad. Like, the saddest thing was, so, and that loss to Rutgers for uh, Nicholas Bear senior night, like, he's the person on this team that, like, perfectly encapsulates, like, the amount of effort and, like, hustle. Like, he's your all-time, like, hustle player. He's running after every loose ball. Like, he does everything, and he played his heart out. He could barely stand when he fouled out with, like, a minute left to go. And the rest of the team just, like, didn't even show half of his effort. And that's the most disappointing thing to me is, like, I don't I don't understand how you played that many games in a row and just don't have the effort right from the get-go. Joey, where's your panic meter? I'm sitting at a 9.9 right now on the old panic meter. I mean, I'm leaving that point one out there because I know somewhere in there is a team that can put up 95 a game and a team that is able to make a run in the Big Ten tournament or the NCAA tournament, but they just haven't shown it. They It almost seems like they're just playing dead. Like Austin said, right from the tip, the last how many games, it just seems like they're coming out and it just it's over from the jump. But so knowing that there's a team somewhere there that can put a point, albeit playing while still playing mediocre defense, scoring a lot of points will get you somewhere, and I'm that's where I leave my point one. But as of right now, it's yeah. I could see us, I could see us having to play a play-in game if we screw up these last couple games bad enough. I'm sitting at like a seven point five. Uh, I. I mean, we're I we're basically I we are locked into the NCAA tournament. I feel at this point, and you're right. If we do drop these next two against Wisconsin and North or Nebraska, we're probably gonna find ourselves in the eight nine game or maybe even in like an eleven seed playing game, which 
we all remember that goddamn game against Tennessee. When was it? 2014. Brutal. Lost in overtime. Yeah, that was just a miserable game. But I, it's we have the skill and we have the talent. I don't and I know Austin and I have some big takes about these last couple games here, and you know what? Screw it. I'll get the party started here. <laughs> As much as Tyler Cook is a freak and just an absolute specimen, he is so not good on offense or defense for that matter. Like, And that's putting it softly. He makes horrible decisions because oftentimes he's double or triple teamed down in the paint and like he spins right into it and gives the ball away. And like none of his jumpers ever fall. His hook shots rarely fall. I he's not good at rebounding. He is not good at inside defense, considering he's smaller than a lot of these guys he's taking on. He's just like, he's a specimen. Yeah, he's the greatest athlete probably to come through the program. But the dude cannot play smart basketball, and that drives me insane. So let let me uh, just make sure I'm hearing you correctly. You're saying that the man who leads the team in both points per game and rebounds per game is in fact not a good basketball player. Yeah, I well, that he, <laughs> he gets the most shots in the in a game. He probably has the most turnovers in a game. I'd go bargain my money there. He's not. He's bad at passing, especially. Uh, I don't know. He doesn't make smart decisions. I'm not. I'll, I'm not saying he's no. the worst player on the team, but especially in crunch time, I I don't want him on the floor. I'd rather have Creener and Garza out there than Cook. I will say I definitely share some of your gripes with Cook. I think that he turns the ball over far too often, and when he attempts to shoot a jump shot, it's basically like another turnover. And I just don't understand how he's not good at defense, especially when it comes to like rim protecting with the type of athleticism that he's got. But I'm definitely not going to go out there as far to say as he's not a good basketball player. We all know that's not true. I said uh, smart basketball player. At the beginning, like the first thing you said is he's not good. I don't know. We'll have to roll the tape on that one. There's definitely some concerns that I have with him. and He needs to cut down on the turnovers. But one thing that I will say, though, is I think that he's, like, played himself out of even maybe potentially thinking that he could get drafted and go to the NBA next year, which means that you keep the whole core of this team together for next season, which I think they could do big things. But I'm not going to go out and say that he's not a good player because he is. It's just there's a couple just, like, really basic things that he needs to clean up for him to, like, elevate his game to the next level yeah and for for me to pick to pick just one guy right now and say that he's that he's not good is just shitty because you look at anybody on the team the 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 stupid turnovers we're having moss has has had a, a couple of terrible turnovers Connor mccaffrey it seems like he couldn't hit a wide open guy right now so, I mean, I do hate it. I, I do hate it when Cook pulls up. I don't know why he continues to do that. But also I think it, a lot of it has to do when, is when Fran ha- doesn't have guards out there with him because then Cook is drawing the biggest guy no matter what. And it just – I don't know. I don't know. I'm not saying he's, like, not gifted because clearly nobody – like, 
the only other athletic person like that, there was Tyler Smith who transferred away from Iowa back when Licklider was there, and like Doug Thomas, they were just freaks as well. But like, he's a he's supposed to be a leader on the team. This is his third year with the team, and at times I feel he's trying to play more for his future than he is trying to play for the moment right now with the Hawkeyes. You know, trying to go one on one and play hero ball, which I absolutely hate. But. Well, I mean, I mean, if you're saying he's supposed to be a leader, isn't that what a leader's supposed to do? Is try to take put it, put it in his own hands? Yeah, but the leader's supposed to make smart decisions as well. Well, it's not a whole lot of people on this team right now that are making smart decisions. I mean, and that's it hasn't been too difficult to see if you've watched Iowa play in any of their last four basketball games. I don't know. It's yeah, it's been a rough stretch, but we have a chance to rebound. Uh, against Wisconsin and get a ranked win on the road here tomorrow night. Uh, oh, would you guys like to do your shotgun bet of the week right now? Because you guys both well, lost. Before we do that, I have um, another hot take with uh, the basketball team that I'd like to get out there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I can already, for you, at you listeners, we're FaceTiming this, and Luke just, like, cringed before I... Uh, even begin to say this, so uh, you already know that he's not going to like my take. But uh, Connor, Connor McCaffrey can just go ahead and uh, focus full time on baseball because he's he fucking sucks. He's not good. If you want to say it for a player on the team that's actually not good, it's him. He gets like twenty five minutes a game, and he's averaging like maybe one point. He can't shoot the three to save his life. I mean, he's a complete non factor like teams don't have to guard him out on the perimeter i've seen him attempt like three threes all year and one of them was an air ball how as the head coach's son i don't know how you can't shoot he doesn't have very good handles his passing is kind of terrible and most of the time he just like dribbles away the shot clock doing nothing before he starts passing the ball around the perimeter and then we have to force up a terrible three i don't think he's very good and next year we're getting in that uh joe toussaint or yeah toussaint yeah, out of New York, point guard. He just got upgraded to a four-star overall. With Bohannon and Toussaint on the team, I don't see where you get minutes from McCaffrey. I mean, I just – he has not impressed me this year at all. I, I'm not going to disagree with you. Yeah, because I was really high on McCaffrey earlier this year after, like, the UConn game and, like, the Pitt game and whatnot. But, dude, he's struggling big time. And I know, like, a lot of the older uh, Iowa fans really, really don't like it when he's on the floor. I don't like it when he's on the court. And he plays, he, like, I think he gets more minutes a game than Bohannon. Full disclosure, Maishi Daly's been playing a whole lot better than McCaffrey, I think, over the last two or three games, which is stunning. Yeah, and I don't know. It does seem like he's been, he's obviously not been playing more minutes than Bohannon. But it definitely seems like Bohannon should be playing more minutes. And I could see that beginning to reflect poorly on Fran if he's having his son out there more I mean obviously that's he's not going to just play Connor just because but I can see people getting upset with that yeah a little bit of especially especially if Connor continues to play poorly yeah all right so we'll do the shotgun bet of the week now I was the closest for the what was it the Indiana game Indiana game yeah, so you two bastards I was, lost. The, I was under the impression that if they lost, we all shotgun, but I guess not. They beat Indiana. Well, that, 
that was for the oh. Indiana game, not for the Rutgers or Ohio oh. State game. Yeah, they, I've, oh, but if they lose... I said six. I said they'd win by six, and they did win by six right on the nuts against Indiana. And then oh. I said that they would win by 17. Yeah. <laughs> and Joey, just to be a douchebag, said, well, I have to one-up Austin. So he said that they'd win by 18. Yeah. All right, well, hey. I'm so on you. You were further off. I'm about to one up you again, Austin. How's that? What's your what's what's your drink of choice? Uh, uh, I'm out of the. Uh, I'm currently out of the sweet sweet nature of the gods Bush Light. So I'm going with the always classic when you're on a budget as a college student Natty Light for my shotgun this week. Jo- oh God, Joey, what do you got? Tell the folks. I have a Burr Oak Old Sixty Three. <laughs> Uh, apparently it's not a very shotgunable beer because I just tried opening it and it, there must be like fuller than a usual beer because I tried opening it and it just went everywhere. And also from the, from the second that I opened it, it smells like the bag of cans that's been sitting in your garage for fucking three months. Gross. Not great. Full disclosure, that beer is pretty terrible. (laughs) Uh, I got it in tap one time because it... I yeah, no, felt like trying something new, and that was something that you kind of had to gag down. Not No bueno on the uh, old oak or burr oak or something fucking, I don't know, bad. So, if you're listening out there and you're thinking about buying some new beer, stay away from, what is it called, Joey? Well, he just shotgunned it, <laughs> so he went, oh, he went without you. What a, what a shithead. We normally do this at the same time. But I guess yes, avoid, avoid. All right. So Austin, you can go oh. for it. Uh, all right. You guys, I'll drink. All right. Bushlight, the official sponsor of the Hawkeye Tailgate Report. Thank you, Bushlight. Um, so we're going to do our shotgun bet of the week for the Wisconsin game. Uh, it's on Thursday night at the Cole Center. Big, beautiful stadium. Wisconsin doesn't deserve it. But. Last time we were up there, Jordan Bohannon, the legend of Jordan Bohannon, was born and came to life with a three with about nine seconds left after a Peter Jock miss and a Cordell Pemsel rebound. So I'm going to go Hawkeyes. They won that game by two in 2017. Hawkeyes are going to win this game by two. Okay. Um, how does this bet work if I don't think that I was going to win? Say it. That's just, what I was thinking. You, you, you just got to <laughs> be man enough to say it. Right, well, the thing is, is we all shotgun if Iowa loses, and if I'm expecting them to lose, how do I make a bet on this game? Okay, if they lose, we if you if everybody takes them to win and they and they lose, then we all shotgun. But if you if somebody picks them to lose, um, then you we don't all shotgun if they lose. Do it. All right, bitch. I was losing this game by twelve. Oof. Okay, Joey. <laughs> 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 uh, I'm just gonna take. So if I go one, I cover if we win by one, and then I have up until Iowa losing by five, right? Swine, you swine. Okay, yeah, I'll take one. <laughs> Iowa's gonna win by one. <laughs> you pussy. All right. Okay, so Joey's got Iowa one. I got Iowa two, and Austin's got Wisconsin twelve. What a douche. All right. It's just, hey, that's where the confidence level's at right now. Believe me, I hate it. Madison, is lo- Madison, as well as Ann Arbor, is a whore. That's well documented. 
but uh, I just don't have the faith right now. All right, moving on. The second controversy for surrounding the basketball team or the Iowa Athletics Department this season, it's Gary Dolphin and his comments after the Maryland game. Uh, So if you didn't hear, he referred to uh, Fernando Bruno as King Kong in the post, which it's bullshit. He got suspended indefinitely. Uh, Gary Barta did not address the media until, what was it, like a week? Or f- it happened on, it ha- that game was on like a Tuesday? Yeah. Tuesday. And he didn't address it until the following Wednesday. Yeah, so over a week for your the head of your athletic department to not say anything. Very big cower move by Gary Barta. Uh, Joey, start. What are we doing? What are we thinking? <clears throat> I think that the real controversy should be why does Gary Barta still have a job after his little incident last year cost the university millions of dollars and <clears throat> all of a sudden he's the moral compass. However, okay, I, it's, I don't get offended easily by anything. I can see how what Gary Dolphin said would be offensive. It's not terminology that I would use because I'm a, I'm a, I think before I say stuff like that. But the, the punishment is not warranted. Okay, tell tell Gary Dolphin, hey, just pull him aside and be like, okay, we've had we've had complaints. This is not something that you should say. And I'm sure Gary Dolphin would understand. I'm sure he understands what he said was maybe a little bit questionable. But for Gary Barter to come out and embarrass Gary Dolphin like that because it is embarrassing, and then and to just put this cloud over the whole athletic program again, it's it's bad for the program. It's a bad look. And now there's a national perception that Gary Bart is some old racist. And, Gary Dolphin. Oh, yeah, Gary Dolphin. Gary Barta probably is a racist. I'll say that. No, so, yeah. No, never mind. I mean, hey, look how we've done since – look look yeah. at our record since since Dolphins. We were 0-3 without him the first time, right? 0-2. Oh, since then. 0-2. Yeah. yeah, Dolph curse is real. Yeah. yeah. Um, my take on this is – Pretty pretty similar to what Joey's was is I can understand how people could be upset with what Dolphin said, especially if like for me, I didn't hear what he said in the post game, but the headlines then were Dolphin suspended for referring to Maryland's Fernando, who is black as King Kong. That taken out of context is pretty bad because as we know, referring to a black person as an ape is like a super racist thing and you can't do it. What happened in the post game is he called him King Kong in a segment where he was talking about his dominance at the end of the game and how he was like an unstoppable force. And if there's actually a picture of it, he grabbed that rebound and tipped it in and all five of the Iowa players were around him. So the way what he said, I can understand how it can be taken to as a, an offensive thing, and I get that. But you have to also take into effect like the way that he said it. And I'm definitely with Joey. Even if like it, the punishment did not fit the crime, there he was not trying to be offensive. But that doesn't really that doesn't necessarily matter. But coming out and saying that we're gonna suspend him indefinitely after they had already suspended him for two games earlier in the year. And then during that first suspension, Barta dropped that like offhand comment, like because of ongoing tensions. 
And then it created this whole firestorm with it, like within the Iowa fan base where they're like, well, maybe uh, Dolphin isn't going to be back at all. Like maybe they're going to just fire him for like base or basketball and football. And it created a bigger controversy than it had to be because if Barta would have just got ahead of the situation and addressed the media right away, he could have stopped the ball before it got rolling. But instead he decided to sit back and wait and not do anything. And then even, like, so the first game after the suspension was announced, uh, the first home game, uh, he was at that basketball game at Carver, but instead of taking the opportunity to address it then, he showed up to his seat late, like after the tip, so that way he wouldn't have to talk to reporters, and then he left his seat before the final buzzer, that way he wouldn't have to talk to them again. So I think that, like, Barta just really mishandled the situation, and I'm with Joey at I don't think that a lot of Iowa fans are pro Gary Barta at this point in time, especially, I mean, he lost the athletic department like $8 million in lawsuits and settlements because, like, under his supervision, they had, like, sexist practices. And then I, I'm not pro Barta. I don't think a lot of Iowa fans are. The whole situation was handled really poorly, if you ask me. All right. So before I get going here, I'm going to say that, like, growing up, Gary Dolphin was like my idol. Like, I love listening to him on WMT for every Iowa game, whatnot. The, I, okay, so I can see in a certain context how using King Kong and comparing him to an African-American athlete can be taken the wrong way. But did you guys actually hear the audio clip and how it was used? Yeah. yeah. No, I, I understand that he didn't use it disparagingly. No, it was yeah. barely met. Yeah, no, I... The way he called it, it's like a compliment. Like, if this is 10 years ago, maybe even like five years ago, nothing happens here. Absolutely nothing. Because it's not a big deal. Because being compared, like, you're a, you're a huge human and you're dominating at your sport. Like, that's a compliment. That's what he, that's what he was comparing him to. And I, Gary Barta has made so many missteps along the way. As the head, as the face of the university, you have got to be ready to answer questions. You cannot... Suspend your main play-by-play man who's been there for over 20 years now at this point and just not answer anything for over seven days. Like there were even people in the media, uh, I think like Chad Leistkow and a couple of other people were saying how he has to answer questions. Like I, you can't just blow this over like it was nothing. This is a huge face to the University of Iowa. You're suspending and sitting down. And considering people know that you have a track history with him that you, I don't think you like him a lot, Gary Barta. And like, people are just thinking you're just trying to get Dolph out of there. And I think, I don't think he was ready for quite the uprising that uh, Iowa fans brought to the, the university athletics department. There was this one guy who actually put up on Twitter uh, Gary Barta's email address, work phone, and home phone number. So, and I saw <laughs> several people reply to that and said I left a voicemail for him at his office. So I'm sure he heard the wrath of Iowa fans. Gary Dolphin is one of the more respected figures in Iowa. He's not a racist. He got, he's been slandered twice, well, once this year and the other time, probably right, that he got suspended for calling out daily like that. But, like, Gary Dolphin is a great person. He's done a lot for the state of Iowa. He's a great voice for the university. It's just, a damn shame that Gary Bart is such a shitty human being drug his name through the mud. Yep. 
Yeah, I don't really have a whole lot to add on this. Uh, I mean, especially now, we're kind of past all the flashpoint of this. They had their joint presser. And Dolph is going to be back starting with spring football and then also for the regular football season as well as basketball next year. So while they tried their best to kind of patch things after the fact, the situation should have been handled much differently. It could have been handled a whole hell of a lot better. And I think that just kind of another uh, X next to uh, Gary Barta's name. I, how many more situations like that does he have to endure before he gets the can? Yeah. I, but, uh, also, for all those superstitious people that live in Iowa and are Iowa fans, they know they have the Dolph curse in the back of their head. They are wit. They are a firm believer in that. I'm kind of a believer in that as well. But absolutely, how, how could you not be? Look at the results. Yeah, facts speak for themselves. Yeah, <clears throat> but so the Hawkeyes take on Wisconsin, then wrap up the regular season with Nebraska. That game, that game's on the road. Yeah, so two senior nights we got to wrap up with. Going to be a tough atmosphere. Hopefully, Ethan Happ rolls over and lets the pups suck because he can't do anything outside of ten feet from the hoop. Um, yeah, I will. I think. When we play Wisconsin, just every single time that he touches the ball close to the post, just follow him because he's like a 43% free throw shooter. Like, just <clears throat> pull the straight up hack of DeAndre, but it's hack a half because he is miserable at free throws. Like, I don't understand how you can be that bad at free throws, especially because he's like a pretty good basketball player in every other facet of the game, except for free throws mm-hmm. where he's miserable. And it's not like he like just barely misses them. He misses them bad yeah Joe, um, were you gonna say something it's not really pertinent to that but could we do a segment maybe like asshole of the week Possibly. perhaps we'll, well do you have somebody in mind right now i got somebody in mind right now yeah okay run it so this happened on the day we lost 226 who'd we lose to that day maryland maybe uh no that that was uh, earlier in the week, so that was... This could have been Ohio State. Yeah. Probably, yeah, probably Ohio State. Well, yeah, yeah, it was Ohio State. Okay. Patrick McCaffrey, right after the game, tweets, We going back home, baby. Hashtag stay bound. Connor tweets, So proud of my brother. Congrats. Let's get it done. And then we got at David L. Rogers 81 with asshole of the week. <laughs> says, Wow, head obviously not in OSU game. What a prick. Is Connor McCaffrey not allowed to congratulate his brother on Twitter for making it to the state tournament? I'm a Hawkeye fan. I don't care that it was minutes after our loss. If my brother made the state tournament, eh, I would be proud. So that's asshole of the week. Yeah, no, that's dumb. That's one of those dumb Iowa fans that I like to block on Twitter because they're just (laughs) complete assholes. But uh, all right, so want to talk a little combine here, fellas? Because Iowa yeah. basically destroyed that and made it their little bitch. You're dead. So what? Do, I mean, what? Do, I mean, what do you want to talk about here? I mean, Fant, Hawkinson, clearly the two best tight ends that showed up to the draft, which isn't really a surprise. I knew Fant was gonna blow that shit up, and then Hawk surprised a little bit. I didn't expect his number to be as good as they were, and then uh, you got Nelson and Hooker showing up big time. Uh, it's just a great time to be a Hawkeye at the Combine, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that should come as a surprise to anybody. Uh, For anybody who's followed Hawkeye 
football for the last decade, they'll know this. Iowa may not send the most players to the NFL or to the Combine, but you can bet your ass that every single one they send there is going to perform. I mean, that's just what Iowa does, especially at the tight end position. And that just it that played out perfectly. I mean, Fanton Hawkinson just absolutely dominated the tight end positions there. They were first and second, respectively, in like every single category in the 40, the broad jump, the high jump, the, uh, the 220-pound reps, like just everything they dominated in. And that's not surprising. I mean, if you saw them play this season, you knew that they were the two best tight ends in college football, and they just happened to be on the same team. Uh, they're absolutely both first-round picks in my mind. I don't – especially, like, if you just – so Fant, he's there because, like, his just crazy athletic ability, like his speed, his size, and his, like, catching ability as a tight end are pretty unmatched. And then Hawkinson is such a complete package. You know that he's sure-handed. And then also he's an incredible on-the-line blocker as well. You just don't get two tight ends that quality coming out of the same program at the same time very often. I think that they will probably both get drafted in the first round. I've got really nothing to add to that other than what Austin said. Um, except for that, I would like the Minnesota Vikings to draft one of these fellas. <laughs> and I would also like for the Green Bay Packers to not draft any of these fellas. Dear sweet God, don't let the Packers draft any of them. No, the Vikings have a chance there, though, about uh, middle of this, I think it's like 17th <clears throat> pick or whatever. We can snag uh, Fant or Hawkinson, but uh, Hawkeye's certainly blowing up the combine. We'll get to our final segment here before we wrap it up. Uh, it's thoughts from space. Austin, what does Space Cowboy got for us this week? He's got a lot of stuff for us this week, a lot of quality material. All right. Uh, so let's just jump in. <coughs> These are our thoughts from space. Dolph coming back was the right choice. I think Barda not coming out and claiming er, and calming the storm early will have consequences. The guy has cost the university millions. He needs to go, but he must have some dirt on someone because I haven't met anyone pro Barda yet. Ohio State was very frustrating. Not sticking to zone was a mistake, and I think Fran was affected, and it didn't allow him to think clearly. He coached mad, and that doesn't work once you're past sixth grade trying to run up the score on a bunch of shit turns. Fran's suspension is odd. It seems like one man's word against nothing. Maybe I missed something, but it appears from it appears some nerd from Toledo snitched and the whole world turned on Fran. He's been super chilled this year, so obviously something was off. Lots of bad refing built up, maybe. Regardless, snitches get stitches. I'm actually very calm. This team is very mature, and they love their coach. I think they rebound, but I don't think all this discussion and questions they get that is not related to basketball. Iowa has some great veteran coaches who will have them ready. Hot takes. This is the, this is where it gets interesting. <coughs> Hot takes. Fran and Barda forced out next year unless they reach a sweet 16. Kirk is the next AD. Brian takes over football. Iowa basketball reaches out to Drake's coach, who is a stud, but is denied. Matt Gatins comes back as next head coach of Iowa. Loses McCaffrey boys, who will go to another Big Ten school or Iowa State. Buckle up for the next 13 months. Uh, Megan G gets ripped off a National Player Award race. Iowa baseball wins the Big Ten tourney. And Stin gets laid in South Padre and doesn't nut, but also gets a couple of 
cancels out. <laughs> uh, and then his final thought is, fuck winter. So, those are all the thoughts from last week, and then I texted him right before we recorded tonight if he had anything to add. So this is just a small thing that he had to add for tonight. He goes, I blacked out during the Rutgers game due to the fact that I didn't want to remember that game, so not much to touch on there. An extra final thought, fish fillets from McDonald's are fucking gross. Make a tombstone pizza during Lent, or go support a local church and eat real food for a very respectable price. Oh, jeez. He had a mouthful. That... That's some good work right there. Mm. All right, fellas, you got anything else you want to say before we wrap up? Uh, mm. No, not really. Hopefully, Please, dear God, just turn it around, Iowa. <laughs> For the love of God. Yeah, no, turn it around. Also, we got to give a shout-out here to back-to-back defending – Big Ten Women's Basketball Player of the Year, Megan Gustafson. She's coming for that National Player of the Year. You hear that, Jay Billis? She's coming for it. She wants to be on your list. She wants to be number one. Uh, show her a little respect, NCAA. Let's get her a National Player of the Year award. Let's build her a statue. Uh, really all the momentum we got going for the Hawkeyes right now is the women's basketball team. So keep fueling their fire as well as the men's. Uh, follow us on Twitter. Joey's Twitter handle is at JoeMama2196, and mine is at Myers underscore Luke, and the show's Twitter page is at Go underscore Hawks Iowa. Thanks for listening, guys. Cheer loud over these last couple games, and hopefully let's put together a nice little run and turn the bas- men's basketball team around. Thanks for listening, and go Hawks.